0: I, uh, similar to last week, why the shepherds this week, a little bit similar title, who told the wise men, who told the wise men. And we're going to study, uh, if you will, and turn with me to Matthew chapter two, we're going to study the second chapter of Matthew, which last week we were in Luke two and it foretold right of, of the shepherds in the field. And we got to see the birth of the savior. And in this particular case, we see a different, a different writing from Matthew, and that's what's so cool about the Gospels. We can look at it from all sides. So in doing this, I, I, um, I wanted to an, uh, ask four questions. Really, I had five, but I'll probably only get to three or four of them. Here's the question. So if you have notes, we'll get back to them. Hey, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about them each at a time. And hopefully this will help you just know more about the Christmas scene in the Bible. Uh, maybe some stuff that you didn't know. All right, here's the, here's the four or five questions I have. First question is, when did this event in Matthew 2 take place? Now, you all know this event. We're going to read it. Uh, You're going to see the wise men. You're going to see some uh, King Herod, some different uh, characters in the Bible that you're very familiar with. When did the event take place? Okay. Who were the wise men? Okay. We talked a lot about the shepherds last week. Who were the wise men? This one's a real interesting one that I got lost in, and I hope that you will enjoy it when I get to it. How did the wise men know the significance of the star? How did the wise men know the significance of the star? Was it really, last question or fourth question, was it really a star? Was it really a star? And last, if we get chance, who was King Herod? Who was King Herod? So... Those are some questions that I want to go, and I know it's the Christmas season, it's about Jesus, and this is a little bit different spin on something I want to teach, and I hope you'll you'll enjoy it, and you will see that uh, I I wrote this down because before I read the scripture, I wanted to make sure I noted this. This is, uh, you know, as I've already said, this is not to say that I think the Christmas story is old. Don't leave and, and say that, or stale in any way. Here's what I think this proves, what we're going to talk about. It's more to the point of the incredible details that the Bible lays out. The more you've heard this, the more you peel the onion, right, the layers that just keep coming off. And I I kind of view that, and I definitely, definitely learned something this week in this study. So I hope that you will. The more that you unpeel the onion, peel it back, it proves the Word of God to be true and reliable to the nth degree. Sometimes we just read these things and we don't understand uh, exactly How the people know, and we just say, well, I hear that every Christmas or I hear that every Easter, and we may not ask and be inquisitive about it, but I'm, as you've heard me say before, very, very common sense guy. I like timelines, Joe. I I, I like to that's just me. I like a timeline. I like, I like a mathematical equation to work out. I don't like to be puzzled. I like to get it. I like to come down and be able to explain it very simply because I am a simple guy and I'm not a very complex guy. So that's what I'm going to try to do. You know, many Christians, if you polled them today before we read this familiar scripture, many Christians would would actually not know the events or the dates of the events if you asked them and polled them and they honestly had to sit in a room by themselves and take a test. I know this uh, from many, many, many times of studying God's Word and seeing what people 's opinions are on it, and sometimes it 's written right there, and the people still don't get it. I wrote things like you know angel visitations, you know how many angel visitations were there about the savior 's birth and and things like the shepherds that we talked about last week and and the accuracy of the wise men, or even herod 's mass murder i mean it doesn 't get talked about that much. you know we talked about our country, what our country went through this this past week and is' still going through and just think about what Herod did in that region where he literally gave the the, the the order to kill every male child two years old and beneath. Just imagine that. What an incredibly cruel and evil thing to do. So these are things that we miss sometimes. So I want to dive in and, uh, and, and, and let's just read a little bit and then I want to ask you guys some questions and we'll dive into these questions that I had and hopefully get your attention. Let's go into Matthew chapter 2. Verse 1, okay? Now remember the questions I have. I'm going to come back to them. Now after, and I, if I were you, I'd just go ahead and circle that. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem on Judea, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, interesting, comma, and all of Jerusalem with him. You ever read scripture and go, wow, I didn't, I didn't even study that, that, that sentence, but you ever, I know why Herod was troubled, why was all of Jerusalem troubled? You ever, when you're reading the Bible, it gets kind of interesting, if you just read the Bible and say, the hmm, as Arsenio Hall used to do, right? Uh, back in the early 80s. What, you know, just wondering, why Why did he write that? It's interesting. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. This This, uh, this is prophecy that... That Herod would be given by the wise men of his day, or the people, the scribes rather, of his day. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. There you go. Some prophecy about the child being born, and we'll do some more of that. Verse 7, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Oh, there's all this thick stuff in here if you start peeling this back. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. So the star was moving. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, did you notice that? Not the manger. When they came into the house, they saw the young child. Notice the words. No baby, no babe, the young child. With Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And and, excuse me, verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take this young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Did you notice just right there, Joseph gets a dream and one or more than one of the wise men get a dream. So God foretells them and warns them and they listen to him so the wise men go around Herod, if you will, and never, never go back to him, okay, so that the Christ child is not discovered. And then Joseph and Mary flee to Egypt where they would be until Herod's death. Okay, so that, there, there's the snapshot. There's so much in here that I want to get to. So let's talk about the event of Matthew 2 and when it takes place exactly. Tell me this. Last week, why the shepherds? Do you recall when the shepherds, on what the date, and when I say date, the timeline of of the Christ child, when did the shepherds see Jesus for the first time? Anybody? Anybody remember? A few months. Anybody else? Well, y'all, y'all flip back to Luke two. Um, don't take my word for it. Flip forward rather to Luke two. Look in verse eleven. Okay, they're in the she- they're in the fields. You agree? Okay. The angels come on the scene. They give the message. Right. This is part of the message. Verse eleven. For there is born to you what. This what? This day in the city of David, a savior is called who is Christ the Lord. Okay, so this day he's born and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel multitude and so on and so forth. So if we come down here, you'll notice in 15, it says, and so it was when the angels had gone away, that's that same night when they had gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us now go. So I would tell you based on Scripture, and this is what I'm talking about, digging through there, right? Taking your time and digging through there. The shepherds saw Jesus the very night He was born. The shepherds were told, the angels told them, tonight will—you will—tonight you will, uh, a, a Savior will be born, told them all the details, and then they went from the fields and left their sheep, just like we talked about last week. Okay, now Matthew 2. When did the wise men see Jesus, sometime after that, that's a wise answer, (laughs) smarty pants, yeah. yeah, wise answer, anybody have any clue, when was Jesus born, date wise, anybody, Christmas, good answer Noah, Noah you stay close to me in case, you know, you might get turned around, for those who are at the concert me and Noah became buddies. If Herod had all the boys that were two and under killed, you assume that, that that's your, that's your <clears throat> timeline. So Correct. That, that's what you have to go by. Right. All right, so follow me here. And, and, and without us going through and reading every piece of Scripture again, in your mind's eye, listen to what you've already heard. You know this Christmas scene. You're exactly right. Um, if Herod had everybody killed from two years and under, let's start there. You notice that he calls... The wise men to the side. Did you notice that in that scene? And he says to them, the scripture says he he inquires of them when they first saw the star. Why? He wanted to date when they first saw the star because he was smart enough, wise enough to know that he had been told all of his life. He's a Jew. Now understand, Herod is not born a Jew. Okay, and we, we, that's supposed to be the last thing we get to, but. Herod was not born a Jew. He practiced Judaism and he adopted it, but he wasn't born a Jew. But he certainly knew what the Scripture said because he would go to temple. And so, Now, don't misunderstand it. He didn't love God, obviously, and all these things. This was just a religion to him. But there was one thing I would tell you on Herod's mind. Herod was worried that he was pretending and had been called the king of the Jews, and he was at that time in that region, but he was no more than a title that Rome had given him. Roman, the Roman uh, Caesars had given him the title of king of the Jews. And when he heard that there was coming a king that would replace him, he was more worried about power. He certainly didn't understand that the Messiah was coming to save, to save the world uh, from their sins and so on and so forth. He was worried about power. So he went to the magi, or the wise men, as we would call them, and he said to them, when did you see the star? Trying to date the exact time. Now, it doesn't say that they told him. We can infer that they may have, because he went back later, not in this scripture. He went back later and had all two-year-olds and under. So we would assume it was not more than two years, but less than than the two years, and it wasn't on the day of birth, and I'll tell you how we know that. Most theologians I read after said that the the star appeared the day that Jesus was born. They began to see the star by night, okay? The light by night. So if they saw the light by night, here's, and I'm skipping ahead to a couple of questions I'll come back to. I don't want to read every single thing that I did. But if you can imagine, okay, looking at a map, Okay, and I know we don't have one up here. But if, if, if Jerusalem was here, Bethlehem here, okay, and, uh, and let's just say over here is a place called Babylon. Okay? It is far east. Matter of fact, it's based on study, and it's 720 miles east of Jerusalem. Okay? So if these guys were from Babylon, as I'll make the case in just a second they would have seen the light, the the star, over Jerusalem, over Bethlehem, and they would have journeyed westward, right? Because they were in the east. If they journeyed westward, just take a guess, just you and me talking, nobody's recording it necessarily, but what would be your guess? 720 miles. Heidi and Greg, y'all run and bike a lot. Okay, so what would it take to average? And remember, you're coming with... Not necessarily just three wise men. Does everybody get that? I mean, the Bible confers in the Greek that it was the Magi. Okay, it, we, we unfortunately, we, we, we listen to everything. We go to these Christmas plays. We get all this. Nothing wrong with that. But there's always three wise men. There's three wise men because there were three gifts. But the Bible never says there could have been 25 wise men. There could have been, There could have been two. Magi is plural. It's like, look at the deer over there, right? Look at those deer, right? So when you get into that Magi, it's more than one, but we don't know how many it was. So what would you say, Greg? You're coming with camels. You're coming with food. You're coming with resources. 720 miles through the desert. What do you think, time-wise? How long does it take? <laughs> Less than two years. What? <laughs> yeah. What would you say, Greg? 90 days? Okay. Okay. So you're moving this group of people. It doesn't tell us. Okay? I just think it's interesting. What's the timing? When you see the Christmas plays in Katatas, you see the shepherds and you see the wise men. They weren't there at the same time. We've given the language here. It doesn't spell it out, but if we look close enough, we can see that the child is referred to as a child now. We would call that a toddler even. Okay? So Jesus is up on his feet most likely. Uh, maybe by that time. And, uh, and we don't know, but we know it's, 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 it's certainly reasonable, like Greg says, it's reasonable to guess that it was three months, six months, up to two years. Okay. So the questions to me get more interesting as, as we go a little bit. And I want to make sure that I didn't leave anything out. Herod is after the exact time. I'll come back to. Jesus was born, by most theologians' dates, between 6 and four BC. Somewhere in that area. Okay? Now remember it's not on American calendar, folks. I know y'all are Americans and you think everything's on the American calendar. So when you miss in a year and say, I thought Jesus was thirty-three. You know, you have to look at the different kinds of calendars and see how many years have been lost in two thousand years and all this kind of stuff, so don't panic, you know, and say, oh my gosh, I've thought the wrong thing the whole time. But most scholars say between 6 and 4 BC is when he was born. And we all agree that it was, it was you know, around, it could have been two years, but it probably probably was sometime after that. And we also need to understand that when we, end, when we get into this next question, where I put Babylon in there, does anybody know Babylon, does that ring a bell with anybody? Babylon? Say again, Iran, right? Present day Iran. We don't call it Babylon anymore. And it was the capital of the Babylonian empire. Go figure, right? It was the capital. Anybody remember a person that in the Bible plays a major role in the Bible that wrote about Babylon? Russ? They just stole... just took it from you. Yeah, Paul, Paul, give somebody else a chance, won't you? I know I sent you my notes last night. I'm kidding. So, the wise men arrived at least a few months prior. Jesus may very well have been a toddler, as I said at the time. Who were the wise men? Let's go into that. Who were the wise men? Well, you're right. Daniel. Daniel. Let's think about that. Do you remember that uh, for those who don't, let me let me just tell you. Israel was attacked because she would not listen to God. Now, y'all know that. We've talked about that so many times, it's not even funny. It's all over the Bible, over and over and over again. And God finally allowed her, after she killed her prophets and wouldn't listen, God allowed Israel to be attacked by the Babylonian Empire. And when they attacked her, they not only attacked her, they destroyed her walls, Jason, And they, most importantly, destroyed the temple for the first time. Okay, And these are how we date major events within the Bible. And we say the Bible can be a spiritual book, yes, but it's also a historical book. It's the most accurate of all historical books. And so when we start dating these, we look back and we see that a group of southern Judea, rather, Judean people such as Daniel, leaders, young leaders, were carried off into captivity. Yes, many died, women, children, I mean, a lot of bad things happened. But a good group of them, of young leaders, was led out some 720 miles into Babylonian captivity. Which you've read about, you may have even read about in school if you didn't in the Bible. And this guy named Jeremiah, who was a prophet... And you guys might know his book. You might have read his book. He prophesied way before that that Israel would be taken to the captivity and they would remain there. Anybody remember the number of years? No, nope, that, that was Egypt. 70 years. So 70 years. So all this comes together. Hear me out here for a second. Let me do it real quick and I'll go back and grab some bullet points. Daniel is taken into the Far East. Okay, into Babylonian captivity into a place that doesn't practice Christianity. They don't practice the Jewish gods or God. They practice all these other things. But do you remember in the book of Daniel, his prophecies, he talked about things where he started interpreting what? Dreams. For a guy named King, we call him King Nebi because, you know, his name gets a little long, Nebuchadnezzar and he would interpret dreams. And I think it's really, really interesting. This is just food for thought. Who were the wise men? Is it possible? Because the Bible doesn't tell me that the wise men came from Babylon. Could have come from East, East Jerusalem. I, you know, it says from the East. But I think there's a good point, And I think if we put this together, I think you guys might enjoy this. If you think back, could it be that Daniel's 70 years here had influence on the wise men. Who are the wise men? In the Bible, we learn that wise men, it's a little different than today. We think of magicians as occultists, okay? People that practice incantations, Satan worshiping, this kind of stuff. But in the biblical days, that magician stuff, okay, or occult stuff, and real science and astrology was real close together. It was blurred. It wasn't separated like it is today, like we would learn. You know, if a guy came in here today and sat on the front row or a lady and they were a scientist, we would say, man, that, that guy's a smart guy. He probably went to school a long time. He's in chemistry, took chem study, took biology, took all these things. If we had a guy over here who's the greatest magician in the world, probably some of you would say, that guy's a quack. He's He's entertaining. But he's not as smart. Well, in these days, you had these guys called magi, which is where we get our word magician. And they are scientists and astrologers by trait. And if you go back in Daniel and read that, which I did this week, you will see that the king used these guys and he calls them. Do you remember King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream? He calls the wise men to him. And he says something like this, for sake of time. He says, you guys, I've had a dream, and it's a troubling dream. And by the way, that dream was major in prophecy when I taught in prophecy a few, three years back, two, three years ago, however long it was. And he calls them in and says, if you don't interpret the dream, you're going to (laughs) die. Great. You know, so they come in and they can't interpret the dream. They even tell him, no man can do this. But we're told in that same scripture, I believe in Daniel 2, that those men began to be killed because Nebuchadnezzar's fury. Now, I know you guys are going, where in the world are you going? Just stay with me. All right, so Daniel is called on the scene and Daniel actually interprets the dream, okay, He actually gives the information to the king, and the king places him in high stature. Matter of fact, so high that he becomes the leader of what we would call the magi, the wise men. Okay? Daniel's also smart enough in Daniel's prophecy. He reads about, in his Bible, in his daily Bible study, he reads about the the actual prophecy that Jeremiah had of only being in there 70 years. So when he reads that about him being there 70 years, he actually is writing to us, and we'll pick that up in just a second, he's writing to us four years before the 70 years is over. Four years. He's actually read it, and he knows that Bible prophecy says that in four years, they're going to go back home, so to speak. Okay? So all that said, let me catch back up with our, who were the wise men? I already told you by Greek word, magi means magician, scientist, okay? And I also want you to see in verse 1, go back to what we just read in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east. So what I'm giving you as thought today is, could it be that those wise men came from Babylon? Could it be that they were 500 years before, Bob, when Daniel was writing his prophecy, when Daniel was in charge of the wise men, could it be that Daniel did what we should do and he began to teach Bible and he began to speak prophecy, which he did and we have recorded, at least what, what we have recorded. We don't know how much other stuff he may have done. Could it be that those guys recorded this prophecy and that the people that became wise men after him would begin to look for the messiah could it be turn with me in Daniel chapter 9 I, I can hear you now some christmas story this is all right Daniel 9:24 the prophecy that i call and many others call the 70 weeks of daniel you remember what the weeks stand for? Weeks each, year. each year, right? So seven years, okay, stands for each week is what's interpreted by the code and the wordings. All right, so Daniel nine twenty four. 24. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, let me start in 23. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. By the way, let me just parenthetically stop there and say... That'd be pretty neat for someone to tell you an angel or somebody like that. It's kind of like David was a man after God's own heart as quoted. But when an angel or someone like that tells you that you are truly beloved in heaven, that just, when I I wrote, I read that, I just underlined that. I thought that was so cool. He said, you are greatly beloved, talking to Daniel. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Here's the vision. Seventy weeks are determined. For your people and for your holy city. Talking about the people of Israel. To finish the transgression. To make an end of sins. To make reconciliation for iniquity. What is that iniquity of the Jewish people? What do you think? Idol worship. You know, they continue not to believe God. They continue not to accept later on Jesus. We read about in Romans 11. We've studied before where the Jews are now. It's the time of the Gentiles. And this goes into a real deep... Thing and I don't want to go there, but to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most high pay particular attention. Here we go. Verse 25. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, stop. Did y'all hear that? Not me, the Bible. From the going forth of the command to restore the temple. I just told you that the temple was utterly destroyed by whom? The Babylonians, the first time. In this prophecy, Daniel was writing 500 years prior to Christ coming on the scene. And here in this prophecy, he's drawing attention to the people so they can know the end time events and what's going to happen. And he says... From the going forth, everyone would have known the temple's destroyed. I mean, he's been brought to Babylonia. He's been brought there because the temple was destroyed. I mean, they would have shed tears, and they would have missed their homeland, and their families were killed. And he writes out that from the going forth of the command to restore and build the temple, that would have been music to the ears of everyone that knew Daniel that was from the, let's just call it the old country. From Israel, from Judea. He says, from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Stop. Did y'all hear that? He says, listen carefully, when the commander decree comes, and it did. By the way, I read and studied Theologians can't agree on, scholars don't agree on, there were four kings that actually, Sirius, I mean, we could go through our, uh, they got long names and all this stuff and you wouldn't know them anyway, but they, 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 unless you really study your Bible and you've read a lot about these kings, they pronounced that they would help rebuild the temple. Okay? Or Taxus, I think was one of those. But they, they, they said this, so theologians don't agree together, scholars don't agree of when it started, but when that was pronounced from that time period, literally you could have turned the hourglass and the time started. Daniel said right here, there will be two sections of times, okay? Now, we call it 70 weeks, and I've explained this many times in prophecy that we've studied before. The last week, no one knows when it's coming. There's a gap. Time of the Gentiles is on us, so... I know you guys want to know when the time, and that's why nobody knows the time, but right here, the first part of it, until the Messiah, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So let's just add those up. Let's just add those up. 62 and seven is 69, Nine. right? Okay, Blake, you listening? 62 and seven is 69. 69 times seven years, the code of this scripture is what forty nine plus four thirty four is four eighty three four hundred and eighty three years. Interesting. Daniel's writing five hundred years before Christ would come. He says when the command comes, it's four years before they're freed. Remember that when the command comes out, the decree comes out. We don't know by who, what king. He's given a vision. And he proclaims that when this comes out, you can start counting the days, and by this number, 483 years, the Messiah will come. Now, why did I read that? Remember my questions? Remember my questions? How did the wise men know the significance of the star? I submit to you, the Bible does not tell us in plain Greek, English, or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't time it out, but from studying, I think the wise men did come from my square, which is Babylon. I think they did come from there, and I think it's highly probable that Daniel's teaching of 70 years and him being a leader and well thought of because the king thought he was awesome when he interpreted all of his dreams... I think his influence was he gave this prophecy. It was written so we would have it today. I think that there were wise men there that were waiting and counting down the formula and they were looking towards Israel for a sign. Because it doesn't make any sense to me that wise men would sit there for centuries waiting And waiting, and waiting. I think they knew that there was a formula that they should be watching. And when they were watching around the time period, they got what they were looking for. I don't know if you or I would have seen it. Maybe we would have. But I think the significance of the timing of the events that Daniel lays out to us in this scripture are scarily the same. I mean, they're right in line with the years. I mean, you, you start getting out your calculator and looking at it. It's kind of neat. Um, let me make sure I didn't, I didn't leave anything um, out here. Um, I wrote down, How did the wise men know and understand the significance of the star? If we are correct about our assumption on the wise men coming from the east and being relatives of the same wise men Daniel was a part of 500 years earlier, then perhaps they knew the star, the sign, the Messiah would come from several interesting prophecies. Now, I only mentioned to you Daniel because we don't have time to go into all the ones that I actually looked up. Did you know there were some others that that were there as well? There was a guy that you might know. Anybody, uh, Blake, you might even know this. Noah, you might know this. Um, There was a guy in the Bible that God allowed an animal to talk to. Does anybody remember who that was? Who? Balaam, anybody remember that name? Okay, he was a soothsayer, they called him, a form of a wise man. He was being used for evil practices. And if you remember, God allowed, I mean, literally, he allowed a donkey to, I mean, you read the scripture, go back and read it. He allowed a donkey to literally say, would you, I'm paraphrasing, you stop beating me with that thing? I mean, he literally allowed him. What had happened is he was using his prophetic gift against the nation of Israel. He had actually, he had been contracted almost as a mercenary. He had been contracted by a king in Moab to actually help them defeat Israel. And Israel was on their way to the promised land. Okay? And this guy comes in and he is hired because of his prophetic gift... And it's very interesting when you look at him. And and for those of you taking notes, you can go back and look at it. In Numbers 24, Numbers 24, I want you to hear this, and I won't go any further than this, but I, I did want to give this to you. In Numbers 24, 17, okay, I want to read you that. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick without flipping it in my Bible. Numbers 24, 17, this is the NIV version, okay? I see him. I see him, but not now. Okay, in the future. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter. What does scepter uh, signify? A, a, a king, royalty. A scepter. A scepter will rise out of Israel he will crush the foreheads of Moab. That's who he's been contracted to work for. This is a guy who's been contracted to work for someone against God's people. And he prophesies in Numbers 24, 17, buried in your Old Testament, and he gives a prophetic word that I will bet you, we'll never know, but I'll bet you the wise men of Babylon Knew this guy because he was from right outside of Babylon. That's where he grew up, from what I can gather and read and study. He gives prophecy telling his people that hired him, You guys are going to get crushed by this nation, Israel, and a king's going to come out of there, and you can look for the sign of this king in a star. Last thing, I got to hurry. A star. Y'all want to meet for care groups or not? No? Okay. Blake said, Blake said yes. All right. I want to get y'all out on time too. But uh, I have this last question. Was it really a star? So I'm just giving you food for thought. I don't know if you've ever read that scripture. I hope you didn't, and I hope I've given you something cool to think about how the events took place. If you ever thought about How did they know to look for the star? And we all accept that it was a star. Let me ask you this. How does a star... Let let me do this. Let's define where Where are stars at? In the sky. Noah, are they in the clouds or are they beyond the clouds in what we call what? Outer Outer space. That's what I thought. So when I read that a star led these men to where Jesus was, and it said it shone down on the, the, the child, I started thinking astrological stars don't do that. They're in space. Depending on the time of the year and the tilt of the earth and all the stuff that I failed in school uh, that I had no interest in, they're not in the same place every time, Jason. I mean, you you and I hunt, and when you're out there and it gets dark and it's a clear night, you see a star, but several hours, it moves based on... Now, you wouldn't notice it unless you had the right equipment, but it moves because the earth is moving. Right? Okay. Here's one for you. What if it wasn't a star? What if, what if Mike, if... The interpretations over the decades and years, which I agree are true, but what if the Greek rendering for that word wasn't what we call a star? It's interpreted a star because that was the best word that they could use. What if it was like the Old Testament? What if it was actually a light shone down like a pillar by night? What if it was like the Israels leading them through to the promised land out of Egypt? What did God give them, Joe? Fire. And when they saw the fire, it was a command to go. What if it wasn't a star and we've all been confused and going, how did that start?" I don't know. Maybe y'all don't ever ask that question. I'm just wondering, I'm thinking, how does that work? Because a star doesn't, if I walk, a star doesn't follow me. Now, God could make it do whatever. But if we're careful with the language, I wrote down, and I bet I won't be able to find it, but let me see. Here's the Greek word, aster, A-S-T-E-R, translation for the word star. Greek word actually implies something that was strewn. S-T-R-E-W-N. Do you know what the definition of strewn is? To cover by scattering. So it might not have been a star as we know it. It was light, Joe, shed down on it. Coming down on top of where the Savior was. I just wonder if it might have been God's Shekinah glory. Does anybody remember that in the Old Testament? where God used his power and he shone shone down light in its awesomeness. You remember even last week we read the shepherds saw this bright light before the angels and appeared, this Shekinah glory, the glory of God. I don't know that to be a case, but it just helps my mind to think, It's just physically impossible for me to see a star. Now, we just accept it, and that's fine. I accept the Trinity, and I don't understand it, Russ. I mean, I've taught on it, and I still don't understand it. But could it be that the star that led the wise men was actually a pillar of fire, of light? Some of you may say, man, you're out there. Did you notice that they went to Jerusalem? They didn't go to Bethlehem first, Jason, where he was. They went to Jerusalem. They talked to Herod before they went and found the Savior. Did you notice if you go down and you dial down into that scripture, they saw the star and they came. But later on, they saw the star again. But did you know, and you would know, Janet, because you've been there so many times, Bethlehem, as I understand it, is due east of Jerusalem. So if they were in Jerusalem before they were watching from the east, they came towards the star from the west. Now they're in Jerusalem and they saw the light. It would have been back towards where they had come from. What I'm telling you is, if the star was out in outer space, that doesn't make any sense to me. It makes sense to me that God at the nighttime would light it up and they could see it from 700 miles away. I don't know. It's just interesting. Anyway, I'm done. I have more, but you're not ready for it. <laughs> All right. Anybody have any? Anybody have any uh <laughs> I, I you know, these last two weeks have been stuff that's in my head, so I hope you guys are Why the wise men or why the shepherds, right? And who told the wise men? Yes, Paul. Y'all be quiet. We'll dismiss it in just a second. Yes. Everybody's been looking at the Mayan calendar this past week, saying the 21st, the end of the world. So we've all been looking to that calendar. Yes. So I think it's the, the analogy to what you were just saying that these guys were looking to Hold up, calendar. guys. Hold up. Go ahead. I, I just think it's a good analogy for what we've all been looking for. We've all been seeing that same way that these guys were looking for, which you, they, they, were, they knew it was coming, they knew this countdown was coming. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I never thought of it this way till I really got down into it. But when you started thinking it and I read it, I was like, "How does these? What did they? Does the guy just sit out there every night and look for stars? I mean, what? And and we know people do do that, but I think it makes more sense that they knew about the time that it would come, and they had been preached, taught, whatever, that this day is coming. This is a special event, and when it came on the scene, and it's interesting to me. It even tells me more that they knew the timing of the birth because Herod went to them and asked. It doesn't reveal what he said, but he definitely asked them. He definitely asked them, when did you see this for the first time? So I think there was a lot of conversation that we don't need to know that the Bible doesn't give us. Maybe it makes us more hungry to find things and it makes us work a little bit. But anyway, I hope you guys were not entertained, but I hope you guys uh, got something that maybe you can share. Maybe you can, hey. Maybe you can take this and Christmas Eve night, before your kids go to bed or whatever, call your kids back. Blake will never remember what I said today. And call him together, call them together, and maybe share something like this to get them really interested in why the shepherds. How did the wise men know? Because these are kind of different than most messages you might get. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this great group of people. God, bless them as they go this Christmas season. Protect all of them, Lord. May they be truly blessed. And even that, even though that not everybody in this class may have tons of presents under the tree and stuff, as I've been talking to my kids, it's the exchange of a gift, a gift of love that represents that you sent this special child, all these prophecies, all these things for this one child without the birth, Without the birth, there is no salvation. We always talk about the cross, but there had to be a birth into humanity, into our perfect sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this special time of year. Bless these people. Bless our pastor as he speaks, the music as it's sung in Jesus' name.